Welcome to the Breakaway Fantasy Football Podcast Week 4. Uh, this week I have an esteemed league member, Mr. Christopher Rawlins with me, one half of the uh, Ballings duo uh, that you heard Baker a couple of weeks ago. Say hello, Chris. How you doing, everyone? Just happy to be here. <laughs> Just here so you won't get fined, yeah? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Um, so usual format, we'll jump into the headlines straight away. So I think um, the key headline for me this week is six members of the league meeting up in London on uh, yes. on Bum Stagdu, which was uh, was absolutely awesome for to have that many guys together. Uh I got a stinking cold out the back of it. I'm pretty sure Jake got the same. Um, but it was it was an awesome weekend, and actually sitting and watching that game together, and then like watching a bit of bit of red zone together was awesome. Yeah, what a stag do as well. I think um, well done to everyone who organised it. Had a uh, an absolute blast. Great that that six of the league could uh, meet up. Obviously challenging for for the two that can't be there. Um, I know you don't. You you think that Steve doesn't exist, right? That's that's the. He's story not a real person. So. No, he's like one of those um, holograms of Tupac. They roll out at Coachella every year or something like that. Love that. Love it. <laughs> yeah. So no, no, it was, it was great. Um, seeing this is a breakaway podcast, we don't need to talk about League, League of Legends original matchups, which really suits me. Um, so we'll stay stay away from that. Um, Franco really got up in my grill. Really got really got inside my head all weekend. Um, started with the darts and then finished with the football. Um, also, I think we need to acknowledge I may have spilt the beans a little bit on the breakaway league. I didn't know it was such a big secret, but um, I kind of blurted out that we got a podcast. Um, everyone else went silent. I think Jake skulked off somewhere. Ed was just chuckling in the background. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Dawson, Bamman, Shiner... We're, we're a little bit uh, miffed, to say the least. But but the news is out now. It was a, it was quite funny to turn up, obviously, later than you guys. And the first thing I get greeted with is, oh, my God, you're in trouble. And I was like, well, what have I done today? Um, and then, like, it was like, oh, I spilled the beans. Like, like you said, it wasn't a secret. Like, I don't think we were trying to hide this from anybody. We have a podcast that is on Spotify and other platforms. It's, it's not exactly like this is, this is undercover. Um, so, you know. The Dawson and Bum were, and Shiner were upset, but you know, such is life. And, and I'm just amazed that it wasn't Jake that spilt the beans because he's usually the worst with secrets. So you know, yeah, I did. Um, I did uh, watch back a couple of videos I, I'd sent on my phone uh, Saturday night to Franco, trying to wind him up um, at about eight nine p.m. And I was slurring my words by then, so it's probably no <laughs> surprise that it was me. Mate, we were all slurring our words by then. Even me, and I, I only turned up at five. So, yeah, it was a heavy one. It was good. So, what did you, what did you take out of the uh, Saints Vikings game? Um, I enjoyed it, but it all really kind of got going in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah. until that point, it was sort of meandering along. Kirk started quite well, and then it, it fizzled out. Um, but you know, the the double doink as they're calling it on the other side of the water, um, was was a great drama. I thought we were in overtime. I, I shouted out just before, you know, yeah, we're going to overtime, but um, I thought that was great drama. Um, the Saints were disappointing. They could barely get anything going on offence. Um, three key pieces missing in Winston, Kamara and, and Thomas. And, you know, it, it it showed really. I thought they they had a couple of drives where they, they looked like they were going to put themselves back into it, but they couldn't really get anything going. Um, and what a lovely stadium. Hats off yeah. to Daniel yeah. Levy and the boys. 
Um, yeah, I thought it was awesome. I really enjoyed the, the stadium. We had a really nice day. Um, yeah, it was just a, an all-in-all good day out. But I do worry for that Saints offence, I think. Yeah, it looked pretty anemic, didn't it? Even on that last drive where they got into field goal range, it was pretty much a miracle play to Alave. Like Dalton just lobbed it into triple coverage and Alave came down with it. It was a great catch, but absolutely mental that, that he got it there. Yeah, and I know you're a big Alave fan, aren't you? Mate, I, I, I got he him in so many dis- leagues. Yeah, he uh, did he was not good. disappoint. I thought he looked great. Um, obviously, no Thomas in there, but I think, you know, what a good uh, rookie pickup that's been for a few people. I was so impressed with Jefferson as well. Like it did take him like a quarter or so to get going, but I thought he handled Lattimore really well. And like the smoothness of his route running, I thought was just incredible. I seen, you know, we've seen quite a good few good uh, wide receivers live at Wembley and stuff like that, but he was absolutely up there with the best. I was uh, massively impressed. Yeah, and his touchdown was out the backfield, right? Which I didn't realise um, <laughs> until about three minutes later, and I was, you know, celebrating a Kirk passing touchdown, and then. You know, someone enlightened me that it was a run play. So yeah, we we needed a Kirk pass and touchdown for one of our bets as well. So I was I was pretty savage about it. It just added to my uh, intense hatred of Kirk Cousins. So uh, yeah, yeah, we'll, uh, cool. we'll stay away from that topic. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, other high other highlights. Uh, so first trade went down in the league. I can't believe it kind of took this long. Um, and the trade was between me and the uh, the Invisible Man, Steve White. Um, to be honest, I was just sat there on uh, on Sunday morning. We were sat in that um, in that restaurant in, uh, in um, what was it Spitalfields, wasn't it? And I, and there was so much chat about trades. I was like, I just want to make a trade. Right. And uh, and I've kind of like thought at this point now, I may as well just go all in for the season and just actually try and win, which wasn't my plan at the start of the season. So I thought, well, let me try and go and get a, an elite wide receiver and. And see what see what's uh, saying. So I've given up a first round pick, which is likely to be late now. Uh, plus Michael Gallup, who I don't like anyway because he's a cowboy, um, and got got big AJ Brown, which does leave me a bit overexposed on Eagles wide receivers. But um, you know, I think he I think he's awesome. So I'm pretty happy about it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's it's good for both of you. Obviously, you're going for it this year now. Um, you started great, so I think you know it gives you that. That depth, he's probably, I guess we're an eight-team league, so he's, he's probably a borderline wide receiver one now, I guess. He's probably on the, on the fringes. Um, but I think, it, you know, it's good for both of you. Steve's gone into to rebuild mode like you've, uh, you've, you've indicated that probably since, since week two. Um, I'm wondering if that's just a narrative you've built just to get that trade away. Come on, Steve, you're in rebuild mode. You, re- you may as well give up AJ Brown to me. It wouldn't surprise me, despite the, the fantasy puppet master. Um, no but no, it's good, it's good to see a trade get across the line. Like how adverse to trades as a group of fantasy football players are we? I, I think, you know, a load got done over the weekend, but that's because of the bloody beers and the excitement of the stag boo and a little bit of testosterone thrown in there. Um, but yeah, bloody trading um, is is pretty thin on the ground. I think not just in breakaway, but just in 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 general across our league. So um, more yeah. of it. Maybe yeah. we just need more stag dudes and we get more trades. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just 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 uh, get get uh, absolutely battered together every weekend and just make trades. Yeah, yeah. Come on, Jake, propose. <laughs> um. Nick Chubb RB1, I've got down as my next headline. Wasn't I, I wasn't expecting this at the start of the season because, you know, you've got Kareem Hunt there eating into his workload and 
I just didn't think the Browns would be very good. And to be honest, they're, they're not. Um, but he has been just absolutely fantastic uh, so far this season. He's been putting up 20 points a week. Um, and he's kind of that guy that nobody really likes because he doesn't catch passes and stuff like that. But um, yeah, like what, what season so far for, for big Nick Chubb? Yeah, I was wondering if you put this as a topic is like a you know a slight humble brag because you. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's a bit Baker esque that one, uh, humble brag. No, um, I think he's been he's been sneak, well, not even sneaky good, but he's maybe surprisingly good. And like you said, potentially a lot of the reason your fortunes you you were down on yourself at the beginning of the year, and and he's helped to turn that narrative around. I think he's a little bit like Josh Jacobs. He's a bit unsexy. Like I'm not saying he's. You know, I'm not saying Jacobs is as good as him, but Jacobs started well and he's a little bit of an unsexy player to draft. Yeah, you know, these guys do it year after year. And I had a quick flick back through when I said when you said you're going to talk about him, but he's he's averaging over 20 attempts a game um yeah. three, four weeks. And and although Hunt sort of vultured a couple of touchdowns in the first week, um, it hasn't featured probably as much as he's done in previous years. So um no. the only thing I, I was wondering, I don't know what your take is on. On it is, but um, the Browns have had a fairly soft start, like Carolina, Jets, Steelers, Falcons, and it gets a bit tougher around the middle of the year for them. So I don't know whether, I don't know whether it, you know he continues or or whether the you know the schedules had had something to do with his early success, but um, it gets a bit tougher. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, their 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 game over the last couple of seasons has been really ra- built around that run game. Um, so, you know, but can you continue to pursue that when you're coming from behind, which is, you know, more likely as they get into their tougher sh- schedule of fixtures? And then, obviously, what happens when uh, the scumbag Deshaun Watson comes back? You know, I would imagine <laughs> they would pivot to more of a passing offense at that point because why pay $230 million or whatever it was for a for a quarterback if you're not going to sling it? So um, it might be that Nick Chubb is a bit of an early season wonder, which is why I wanted to celebrate uh, the... Um, uh, amazing pick that I made right now, rather than uh, in week seven when he's, uh, you know, getting seven points a game or whatever. Where do you, where do you pick him up? Can you can you even recall what pick he went at? Do you know I can't I can't remember. It it wasn't it wasn't like massively early, but again it wasn't late. Obviously he's a five, really good player. Five oh one. Yeah, there you go. Five, five, Not bad to get the number one running back at, in the fifth round. Not bad. At Certainly all. better than the next guy we're going to talk about. Uh, Jonathan Taylor. I guess China was right just three years too early. He absolutely looks like a bust this season. Um, I know the Colts have been bad and Matt Ryan looks like he's the ghost of his former self, but um, JT just doesn't look good. And now he's dealing with a high ankle sprain. I think he's out for this week's game. Um, You know, it's it's really worrying if you're a Jonathan Taylor owner. Yeah, I think... Was was he three uh, three years early on his prediction, or or is it is it the theme of Jonathan Taylor? Because I did see something on Twitter that said um, three four weeks last year he was RB twenty four. Two years ago, three four weeks he was RB twenty one. So he's he's been slow to start the season um, in the last two years. But like you pointed out, the difference is he's now dealing with an injury, fairly you know fairly challenging one for running back. And how bad does uh, does Matty Ice look? <laughs> Everyone thought Wentz and Rivers were awful for for the Colts, but he's trying to trump them both. Um, as a Pittman owner, I'm a bit worried about the Colts and, and Matty Ryan. So um, I think you've got to got to apply the same concern for for JT 
Um, I mean, I, I know he catches passes, but he could get um, sort of game scripted out, I guess, because they've been so so bad. Um, at least with Pittman, they might throw a bit more. But yeah, I think the Colts have shocked me at how poor they've been. I think. Yeah, I thought they'd be good this season. I kind of wanted them to be because I, I like I like Matty Ice and I like the coaching staff there. I think they've been really good. Um, but my God, they've looked brutal. People expected them to go in there and sort of step on, didn't they? They thought, yeah. you know, Ryan was an upgrade to Wentz and, and you know, we're going to build on last year. But I think it's the defence that's surprised everyone how bad they've been. But, yeah, not looking good uh, in Indianapolis. No, no, they're down at 1-2-1, one, and one, aren't they? So, yeah, they're behind the Jags, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> the London Jags. Um, Penny Pickett. Uh, obviously came into the game this week because Mitch looked dreadful. Um, and whilst he did throw a couple of picks, uh, he actually looked really good, like really revitalised that that offence, I think, made them exciting. He looked like he was really kind of like, you know, bigging his team up. Like George Pickens looked like he was much happier with with Pickett back there and Freya Muth had a good week. So I think it's a, I think it's probably a really good thing that he comes in, steps in now, particularly for those... Um, those Steelers skill players. I've got a couple of them in my team. Like I've got Deontay Johnson and, and Freymuth, and I, I think that uh, Kenny Pickett will be up and down, but I think he's got to be a shitload better than um, than than Mitch. Yeah, I think so. I think I read a little bit on the socials that you know people were freaking out a little bit that from that half of football he seems to you know go to pickings a lot, and and Deontay was down on targets. Um, Deontay was on like some crazy pace through the first three games, I can't remember what it was, is, you know, like over 170, 180 targets through the first three games. So everyone was a bit bit freaking out about what they were seeing in that direction. But I think you need to wait and see. You know, it's only been a half of football. Um, yeah. Yeah. The the encouraging signs I will latch on to, because we've got Pickett and Pickens on our taxi squad. So, you know, the ballings combo will, will start to get a little bit excited. I think we'll leave them there for the time being, for sure. Um, but, you know... It, like you pointed out, Trubisky, I'm, I'm pleased they made the change so early in the season. I'm pleased they didn't cling on. The one thing I will say about the time and the the the, the change is um, before their bye, they've got Buffalo, Tampa Bay, Miami, Philadelphia going into their bye. So that's three pretty stout defences there. So he's got a tough start. So <laughs> he could have, you know, off the back of, it, of this four really tough matchups and go into his bye with a bit of, you know, bad, headlines around himself so he's got a, you know they've got to stick stick with him I guess give him some put some faith in him and um yeah and uh, and roll with it. it what how do you think it's going to affect Najee because people were kind of a bit down on on Najee anyway going into this year I feel like you know potentially he's going down the route of one of these players similar to Chubb and Jacobs where he's a bit unsexy to draft but I don't know what do you think about Najee I I'm never been that keen on him just because like coming out of college he he was he wasn't like dynamic like you see these guys like Saquon come out and stuff like that and of course he's not going to be that but he just seemed to me to be a bit of a little bit of a plodder he didn't seem to have that much burst and he was brilliant last year in terms of fantasy production just because he got so much volume it was absolutely wild how much they gave him in in, in his first year um and I think this year you'll see that he's just not that explosive um it's a it's a it's a really unkind comparison but he reminds me a little bit of Trent Richardson not that bad because <laughs> uh, frankly no one's that bad but um he just he just 
a bit slow. He's got, he seems to have good vision. He finds a hole, but then when he goes to burst through it, it's it's not really a burst. So um, I, I don't know. I think maybe Pickett being able to open up the field might open up some bigger holes for Najee and 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 maybe he gets more involved in the passing game. But I've got a funny feeling that the um, the backup running back there, uh, whose name escapes me right now, um, is going to start eating into his his carries a little bit more. Um, is it Jalen Warren? Um, I, I think he, he's get, he's already getting a few touches and he's averaging something like six yards a carry. Um, so, you know, it's, it's always different when you're in kind of like you, when you've got less less runs and you see that with Tony Pollard in, in Dallas, he always ends up with better yards per carry than Zeke. And you don't know whether these guys can carry a full workload. But I think the more he kind of proves his worth on sort of five, six, seven touches, then the more you could see, um, you know, maybe a little bit of a timeshare. Yeah, I think, you know, there's a tip for the listeners there. Pick up Warren, stash Warren. That's what Spike's saying. Sneaky stash. Um, uh, all seven of our listeners. That, oh, you've already done it. Of course you have. <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to say, I think now when you mentioned, um, or I mentioned the listeners, I think, you know, shout out all seven of us listening, um, including Jack Pike, I heard over the weekend. Uh, you know, he's tuned in. So shout out, shout out Jack Pike. Well, I like I liked that. He was like, yeah, you know, I, th- I thought it was really good. And I was like, oh, great. I love it. The, the Pike fraternity is clearly uh, strong in its support of each other. Love it. <laughs> um, last headline for me, unless you've got any, um, just that Lions-Seahawks matchup. Like, we was sat there in that pub and I was playing a bit of pool and just sort of watching what was going on. What a wild matchup. Like, honestly, insane. I've never seen anything like it. There was no defense whatsoever from what I could tell. Um, and you're seeing, like, DK, you know, get going. Uh, Jamal Williams and Hawkinson were absolutely uh, absolutely on fire. And then, of course, uh, your boy, Rashad Penny, um, did get going as well. And I know that caused a little bit of controversy between uh, you and Baker. I thought you might mention that. But um, how how fun are the Lions? Like... They're scoring tons. Uh, Goff's airing it out. Their defense is awful. It makes for some really fun matchups. Um, I think there's just a bit of a feel good, well, feel good uh, factor around the lines at the moment. People like their attitude. It sort of started last year when they were involved in a few close matchups, and they were playing with a lot of heart. Um, and they've taken that into this year as well. So I think they're quite a likable. Uh, franchise to watch, like you said, really entertaining. Hawkinson went off. Uh, that was ridiculous. Um, I did read somewhere or, or heard somewhere that it was the seventh best game from a tight end, yeah. fantasy game from yeah. a tight end of all time. Like that's that's crazy. Um, of course, I was facing him in another league. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Russia Penny Brees Hall coin toss. Um, so yeah, it, it was fate. It wasn't my opinion versus Baker's. It wasn't Baker's opinion run one through. It was you know. It was the fate of the coin toss. Um, but <laughs> there was some good comedy timing in that bar because just as Penny went over for, you know, a, a big score, um, I said to, I can't remember who was there. It might have been I was there. Yeah, I said, I'm never going to hear the end of this. I've um, never seen Baker move so fast. I know. Literally within 20 seconds of me finishing that sentence, he was across, finger pointing in the face. Um, yeah. But no, that was the first, surprisingly, the first um, probably real decision we've disagreed on during our first four weeks um and he was right there you go bakes didn't cost you anything though so ultimately Uh, we were uh, we were playing steve so we could have i could have bloody rolled out (laughs) trent richardson and we'd still (laughs) won that matter yeah absolutely true mate 
Cool. Right. Shall we uh, move on to review of this week's matchups? All right. So first one up, I'll I'll take this one. Uh, me versus Franco. Uh, there's a lot of good banter. Like you said that Franco got in your face this weekend. Um, he, he got in mine as well, particularly early doors. Um, and there was a lot of, uh, let's just say, hand signals being given across the across the stadium as Dalvin Cook uh, ran for you know what seemed like two or three points. Franco was getting very excited, but um, he went really downhill as the, as the day went on. And by about seven thirty, he was like a defeated man. He'd already given up, uh, crying into his beer. Uh, ended up one seventy two, one fifty. So it was pretty comfortable for me. Uh, but I did miss out on the Murchison bonus win this week um, as I dropped below the the, the median line. Um, Chubb and Pierce laid the groundwork, um, but. Really good to see Alave in person, and, and he contributed massively to, to my win, along with Freya Muth. Um For Franco, CEH got it done, but that was it. Like, nobody else on his on his roster really got going. He got a load of middling performances in the sort of 10, 11, 12 range. Um, although, he did say to me, uh, one of his bits of banter this week was like, my tight ends are going to outscore yours, and that's going to lead me to victory. And on one aspect of that, he was right. His tight ends actually did uh, outscore mine. Um, unfortunately for him, it didn't lead him to to victory. Um, and uh, last kind of comment I've got here is that despite having no no Dak in the in in in, uh, in the Cowboys, Zeke really hasn't got going. Um, he's playing less than sixty five percent of the snaps, and he's averaging less than four yards per carry. Um, so I, I I think his days as an elite running back are, are are over he's reached that kind of age point where he's he's in decline now and i don't see that changing when Dak comes back any yeah, comments I on think, this matchup for you mate i i mean not necessarily on this matchup but when we come to talk about the you know the games ahead of us on the slate for for this week um it's interesting to see what franco's doing with zeke he's um He's actually bringing Chase Edmonds in instead, as it currently stands. So, yeah, that, that maybe tells or backs up the uh, the sentences you just mentioned there. What what a, what a dynamic duo, Chase Edmonds and Zeke. All right. Incredible stuff. Uh, right, moving on to Ed versus Jake. You're going to take this one, aren't you, mate? Yeah, Ed versus Jake. I mean, finally, Jake came crashing down to earth with a, you know, a big stinky turd. Um, obviously, none of us wanted to see that. Um, we all wanted to see that. Uh, he was getting loads of plaudits for the first few weeks, probably rightly so, but literally his whole team did not show up. Um, I think half his team scored less than six points. You know, six players combining for less than 30 points. You know, you're dead and buried if, if that's uh, happening. Yeah, you do the math on that. Um, he did leave 60 odd points on the bench, half of that coming from Miles Sanders. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see whether he uh, reacts and, and plugs Miles in next week. But, uh, you know, obviously left a lot of points out on the bench, which could have made the matchup a lot closer. Um, but Ed has sneakily crept to six and two. Um, I don't think, I mean, I can't remember the, all of the other pods, but I don't think we've, we've talked him up too much. I don't know where he was in your uh, preseason predictions, but. Um, I think if he traded for a quarterback, he'd be a win-now team. Um, Robinson is is getting it done, although probably to some people's eyeballs a bit unglamorously, but he's getting it done. He's got Cup, Hill, Kelsey, CD. So I think um, you know if he if he had a quarterback, if he added a quarterback, I think you know he'd be in with a hell of a shout. Um, 
the phrase that I heard probably more than most fancy related for the whole weekend was Vanilla Vic. <laughs> it's probably the most used to love that guy. Uh, yeah. Um, so, you know, he's obviously got him there. Uh, I think he's scored about 24, 25 points. But yeah, he needs to do something about Stafford. Uh, he needs to bolster himself at quarterback. But sneaky Ed. Yeah, I I had him as a playoff contender in, in the preseason ranks and then he lost to me in the first week and I lost faith immediately because I thought my team was terrible, but he's he's just won since then. So, yeah, I agree with you. Um, his QB lineup is pretty thin and if he added someone decent, then he, he could he could make a real run there. Um, uh, Jake will say, and we shouldn't let him get away with this, that he lost this week because Jess picked his team. I'm not having it. Um, cool. Uh, so next next matchup, you you again because it's your matchup or yours and Baker's matchup uh, versus uh, Steve. Yeah, and our first win on the board or our first uh, real win in in Jake's uh, language. So you know uh, we got it done, thirty five points. Um, I think you've alluded to the fact that that Steve's in rebuild mode since since week two. You obviously persuaded him to trade off the back of that narrative. So so well done. Um, I think um, me and Bakes are, are really heavily, <laughs> heavily reliant on the Bucks. We didn't do that intentionally, but we sort of realised in week two, we're like, holy shit, we've got Brady, Fournette, Evans, we've got, you know, defence player there. Um, I think we've got Dem White there. So, you know, we're kind of tied or handcuffed quite, quite heavily to the Bucks' performance. I think that's going to be okay because I think Brady's getting his weapons back now. And I think that that we, they are not as bad as maybe some people are quite down or they think the feeling around Tampa is quite, you know, quite a, you know, uh, a deflated one. But I think, you know, I think they'll be okay as the season plays through. Um, Alan, elite again, I still can't believe we got him at the 104. Like, just literally doing backflips about that every day. Amazing. Um, and then for Steve, um, Jacob's kept it relatively close. Um, I mentioned earlier, like, Probably one of those unsexy fancy football player picks, but you know he's he's started really well this year. Um, and then he's, you know, I, I own a lot of mixing in other leagues, and then Steve's got him here, and you know gets loads and loads of opportunities and continues to. Um, yeah, he's been so inefficient. I think you know he had probably definitely had one goal line carry, um, maybe even two or three in the Thursday night game. So it could have been yeah. very different if Mixon had gone over a couple more times, but. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there with him. I, I can't figure it out. And like I said, as an owner in another league, it's like it's frustrating because he's getting the opportunity, but he's not getting it done. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's weird. But Josh Jacobs is is really interesting, right? He's he like you said, he's totally unsexy. He was going into like the season ranked as like the twentieth running back, um, or some something really low like that. And it seems like McDaniel's actually wants to use him a bit. He's twenty four years old. He's actually only two weeks older than Najee Harris. Wow. which is absolutely mental because this is only Harris's second season. So um, <clears throat> I guess he, he could be in for a long run. And it depends. The Raiders haven't picked up his fifth-year option, which means that he could be a free agent. If he goes somewhere that's got, you know, a bit more of a dynamic offense than, than the Raiders have shown over the last few years, then may, maybe he could continue to emerge as like an elite running back performer. Um, but this week was just was nuts, wasn't it? It was like 30, 39 points. Incredible performance. Yeah. So may, yeah. maybe someone who's exactly if you're running back needy, we'll pick him up. Yeah. Um, 
I, I was going to say that I think the Kyle Pitts situation is just getting weird now, right? He's playing um, something like he played 62% of snaps at, at the uh, in the last game, and he's currently ranked below a whole bunch of like really dreadful tight ends like Will Disley and and people like that. So it's it's really weird how they're using him. I, I don't know what's going on there, and I think it's um, a bit of a indictment of the the coaching staff that they're not finding ways to make him a really dynamic playmaker. Yeah, I think it's um, a massive concern. I'll um, I'll go on to to what I think we need to do with Pitts in our um, our week ahead matchup. But yeah, nice. huge huge concern. Cool. Final matchup then, uh, Valen versus Kyle. Uh, Valen finally gets going. Maybe he's breaking the Valen curse after all. He had a massive score this week of two twenty eight. Uh, Kyle's really unlucky to score two seventeen uh, and lose, but he does at least get the Murchison bonus, uh, keeping his record at, at five hundred for the season. Um, Saquon RB two, um, he's just looked as good as ever. Uh, th- this you know a year removed from that ACL uh, injury he had, uh, he looks absolutely fantastic. Um, I've already talked about Jefferson looking superb versus uh, Marcus Lattimore, who's you know really tough cornerback to deal with, as Mike Evans will. Uh, a test um and he just looked smooth as hell like his roots were just were so so good um Javante injury is obviously a massive worry um not just for for now but I read somewhere that the injury isn't just his ACL that it's also his LCL uh, and he and he chipped a bone or something like that so it's not going to be a simple injury for him to come back from he's such a dynamic playmaker that sort of worry whether he will uh, whether he will come back. Um, so that's got to be a worry for for Kyle long term. Uh, and then the Goff and Hawkinson stack this week uh, was was absolutely beautiful. Um, got Kyle so many points, but who knows if that's a bit of a one week thing because so far this season Hawkinson hasn't really done much. Yeah, and they were at, without a few pieces, aren't they, at the moment? The Lions. So whether you know when they come back, whether when. When the sun god comes back, where there is his targets go down, but yeah, as I said, I faced Hawkinson and and bloody hell, that was just no, just know you're losing, don't you? It's brutal. Yeah. Cool, that's the matchups for the week. Then we'll jump on to the prediction tracker, which we'll, we'll cover pretty briefly this week. Uh, a, a down week for Jake, which we've mentioned. Uh, I don't think he can blame Jess. Shame. I just think his Shame. team really sucked. Uh, yeah, so it's a devastating blow for everyone else in the league, really. Um, <clears throat> five teams within 35 points of each other at the top. That is really close. So there's probably going to be a team this season that's going to feel really unlucky to to miss out on the playoffs. Um, Kyle's got to consider himself pretty unlucky at this point to be 500 uh, because he's had 800 points against him, which is something like 140 points uh, more against him than I've had. So maybe I've been lucky and, and that's why I sort of looked and went, right, I need to kind of strengthen here if I want to hold on to uh, a play of contention against four other really strong teams. I, I don't mind I don't mind those 800 points going on, Kyle, because last week he really ticked me off on the podcast saying he, he always enjoys really beating me. So, Kyle, <laughs> take those 800 points, you turn those son of bitch sideways and you stick them straight up your Canadian ass. <laughs> Canadian Wiltshire, Wiltshire Irish ass. Yeah. That accent was really, uh, really pickling some minds last week, wasn't it? It was. Really got me going. Going to be fun to see him in a couple of weeks and really get in his face. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, Valen, can he make a run? You know, can can Valen enter the uh, the playoff contention? I think everybody knows the answer is no, um, because he's cursed. (laughs) 
and there's uh, you know one one week does not make a season. So um, you know we look forward to Valen uh, and Steve propping up the league for the rest of the season. Yeah, and you know Valen's got a, a super tough matchup this week, hasn't he? So yeah, who's he got this week? I need to look ahead, don't I? Ah, uh, he's got you guys. Oh yeah, that is going to be a tough one. Right, we'll cover that in a second. Okay, looking ahead to next week, which we've just talked about. Uh, first matchup, me versus Jake. Uh, is this now considered a grudge match, considering uh, how hard I've gone against Jake over the last few weeks? I don't see it that way, but maybe he does. Um, currently, Jake's predicted to win uh, 226 to 209. For me, looking at the keys to the game, it's going to be whether Jake can get the production from his running backs. Uh, now that Patterson's uh, on IR and um, <clears throat> and obviously you know, Jonathan Taylor is is injured as well. Can he really get the production that he's going to need in order to take the victory this week? Um, <clears throat> anything you're seeing here, mate? No, I was just looking down his lineup and he's a little bit light at, at running back, actually, isn't he? He's um he's he's got he's going with uh, Miles Sanders and Kareem Hunt at the moment. So that's what he's got plugged in at the moment. And like you've pointed out, he's got oh no, I've missed it. I scrolled to the bottom of the flex and there, there is the rumbler. There he <laughs> there is. He, is. Uh, he had another big, big week this week, despite the lack of snow in Vermont, which was, uh, you know, a good sign that the man is not weather dependent. He's not. But yeah, I think this is, um, I'm, I'm certainly treating it as a grudge matchup and I will be doing my best to, to wind both of you up and um, awesome, hopefully seeing you buy it. But. <laughs> I got to say, um, just on just on the rumble, actually, I was looking at his uh, his stats, and whilst he has been good the last couple of weeks, he is well off the pace from where he was two years ago in terms of his yards per carry. So he's normally in in the in those three seasons where he was insane, he was averaging over five yards a carry. This season, he's averaging four point zero three. Um, so he's, he's he's clearly lost a step, which is not surprising considering the volume, considering the injury and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. But that Titans offensive line is just horrible. He's getting hit behind the line loads more than he used to. So, um, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's a point quite a few people are making is if you can get to him behind the line, I mean, obvious, obvious statement of that, but if you can get to him behind the line, you know, you've got half a chance, but once you yeah. get him out into the open field, yeah. there's no stopping him. Uh, once that unit picks up a head of speed, it's, it's impossible to stop him. Isn't it? <clears throat> Indeed. Cool. Um, Ed versus Franco, you're going to take this one, aren't you? Yeah, can do. So, um, as I've said before, if, if I'm Ed, I'm looking for for a trade for a quarterback. I've, he's got to get off Stafford. You know, Stafford's got Dallas this weekend. They've been pretty decent in, in defence. Um, he doesn't have a bench option to plug in either. Mariota goes up against the Bucks, So, you know, I think that's where I see a big, big area of, of you know, potential danger for Ed. Um, he's got Raheem Mostert on the bench, which I think is um, interesting. You know, he's been building up a bit of a head of steam. He's getting a share of the backfield now in the Dolphins. The Dolphins obviously look pretty strong. I know they're going through some situation with quarterback, but, you know, Mostert's look good. Um, and, you know, what who he does have in his lineup is James Conner, who's, who's looked the complete opposite, and so yeah. is that offence with the cards. And, and so... I think, you know, potentially I'd look to do something there with, with most in for, for Connor. But what do I know about fantasy? Ed's got two rings. I've got zero. Um, <laughs> Tyreek's got a nice matchup against the Jets. You know, uh, Alan Mostert. Uh, Robertson has the Tesco. Uh, the Tesco's? <laughs> the Tennessee Tesco. <laughs> um, Robinson does his shopping. Um, every little helps. Um, he has a good shout uh, this weekend. With Franco... Um, 
feels like his team's loaded this week. I think, you know, his big name players have got an opportunity to take this away from Ed, potentially, if they go off. You know, you've got Hertz against the Cards, Dalvin gets Chicago, Chase gets the Ravens. Um, in years gone by, you might have said the Ravens are oh, a tough matchup, but this year, yeah. you know, giving up a hell of a lot of points. Uh, Diggs gets the Steelers. So I think within that, that sort of four or five players of his elite, I think they've got some really good matchups and that, those core pieces are in good shape to, to ball out. Um, his depth drops off a little bit after that. You, you referenced Clyde earlier. He started well. Um, he's going up against the Raiders. Um, RB4, you know, Clyde, for the season. <clears throat> yeah, I know. Who would have predicted that? I I, I, I don't think... Um, well, Franco, obviously, he drafted him. <laughs> Bloody know it all. Um, but I, I think um, he, he's been one of the surprise packages, you know, the, these kind of like, not the elite ones, um, you know, it's been McCaffrey, Mixon, Kamara, that have, you know, Henry to a certain extent have let people down, um, but it's been Clyde, it's been Jacobs, it's been Chubb that have, have been getting it done for people. Um, you talked about Zeke earlier, um, Franco's plugged Chase Edmonds in, so I mean, out of the frying pan into the fire. Um <laughs> I think Franco just takes this one because I think it's all about the big names and I think they're all set to have a day. Um, I see it's Franco taking it. Nice, nice. Yeah, I agree with uh, the Zeke to Edmonds is is a uh, an interesting pick, but I, I you know Zeke's been pretty poor, so maybe he's going for the for the high upside. But maybe if uh, if Ed and the, puts and the up, match up, maybe. Yeah, it could nice. be. Yeah. Um, right, Steve versus uh, versus Kyle. I think uh, we probably all know which way this one is, is likely to go. Although the the projections, when I looked at it earlier this week, were actually pretty close. But I think that was because Kyle had an empty spot in his roster. He seems to have changed that now, so he's projected to win two twelve to to two hundred. It, it's hard to favour uh, Steve at the moment, considering he is zero and eight, um, and, and Kyle, like I said, has had eight hundred points again. So. Maybe, uh, you know, given Kyle's luck in inverted commas, Steve has a big week and, and puts him down. That would be, uh, well, hilarious, frankly. Um, so for me, keys to the game, you know, is Kamara going to be fit? Kyle's got him in his starting lineup. Is he going to be confident enough, given that he, you know, pulled out the game, you know, pretty much like 30 minutes before? Um, does he want to kind of run that risk again? Uh, and do we actually think that Kamara's fit and still any good anymore? So I think that that's a, that's a pretty critical piece of his lineup this week, um, because if that goes wrong, then uh, then he could see himself losing to Steve. Yeah, and wouldn't that be embarrassing, Kyle? Uh, no offence, Steve, um, but 0-8, oh you, you'd think Kyle would take it home. But, you know, it would be a real turn up for the books if Kyle lost. Um, and I take no enjoyment whatsoever from that. Um, I think you're right. As a Kamara owner in another league, it's been a real frustrating start. It felt like you're getting a bargain um, when you're picking him up, um, but he hasn't delivered. He's been dealing with these injuries. Um, so I was just looking down his bench. He's got Montgomery. He's got Henderson and Akers from, from the Rams. He's got Kenny Gainwell. So maybe he'll... Plump for a homer and plug him in if Kamara misses. But yeah, that's that's probably the one concern for Carl is is the health of Kamara. If we were say I don't know at a wedding on I don't know the twenty second of October, and Kyle was there, for example, and he just lost to Steve, I, I can't imagine we'd mention it. No, I wouldn't. wouldn't. But I'm just going to quickly move ahead to try and see who 
Kyle has that week because probably fate will. Oh, it's Franco. That's fine. I thought it'd be me. And um, well, seeing those two getting each other's faces would be good fun. Yeah, uh, actually, it's probably just 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 briefly on that. You know, wedding wedding weekend fixtures. You know, Ballings takes on Jake, Spike and Val, Steve and Lam, and then Franco and Kyle. They are a little preview for two weeks time. Oh, that's good. I look forward to my win that weekend then. Um, right, final matchup uh, projection ahead. Uh, it is Valen versus the Ballings combo. Um, two thirty-five to two twenty-seven looks like it's going to be another big scoring close one, mate. Yeah, we we go in as um, as underdogs, so um, you know, happy to play that role. I'm sure Valen can, you know, and the Valen curse can turn his projected two thirty-five into into a one fifty though, or something like that. So we've got a chance. Um, Higgins is is starting to look great, or not starting to. You know, Higgins is great. I think he's outshone Chase. I would I would say, in my opinion, apart from from that week one, uh, where I think he he might have exited the game. Um, we've talked about Jefferson. You know, you don't need to say too much more. Great to see him at Wembley. Um, he gets Chicago, so bloody hell, that's going to be a monster. Um, I quite like the little subplot. He's got Ramondre going up against the uh, the Leaky Lions. Um, we've got Damian Harris on our bench, so I'm going to try and persuade Baker to put Harris in. So we've got a bit of a, a New England backfield face-off because you never quite know which way that one's going to go. Um, we'll probably have to toss a coin again because um, Baker will want to start Rash up the penny. Um, <laughs> Saquon looks great. We've mentioned that. Um, Val dominates us at running back. Barkley, Eckler, McCaffrey versus Jones, Fournette, and probably Penny. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he, he absolutely dominates us uh, there. Um, on McCaffrey, our side against, ball, McCaffrey against that Niners front, though. I'm not sure he'll get much going. Yeah, that's a fair one, the, the matchup. And I just, I think there's this thing about, you know, the good players not quite doing it. It's only a matter of time, is my opinion, or at least that's what I'm trying to persuade myself, you know, owning a lot of these shit running backs in other leagues. <laughs> I'm saying, hang on, hang on. It's only a matter of time. But I think you're right. It's probably a slightly tougher, tougher matchup for McCaffrey. Um, on our side of the ball, me and Baker, um, the ballings combo are feeling, we're feeling pretty good about our draft and our team. We quite, we quite like it. Um, as I said, there's not too many dif- disagreements. Um, I think Josh Allen's going to murder the Steelers. <laughs> I think yes. um, yeah. you know, that's, that's a foregone, I think. Um, be nice to watch Aaron Jones. Got the Wembley game, as has Rogers, which Val's got at QB. So it'd be nice to watch that, that matchup. Um, but our tight end position is woeful. Why on earth in this league did we decide to have two bloody tight end spots? I, I mean, I'll I put def- it to a vote. I know you did, and and everyone agreed with you. And it's just, I mean, it's just, pun intended, the pits. It's absolutely gross. Um, and Kyle Pitts is a bust. I mean, you talked about JT being a bust, but Pitts is a fucking bust. I can't stand it. I'm done. I'm out on Pitts. Um, <laughs> you can't do anything with him though, as a Pitts owner. You can't. Do, you've invested so much, you can't move on from him because. No. You just can't, and, and like no one, you know, when people trade for him, they're not going to offer you anything that's worth the investment. So I am at a lull. It's like Baker's crypto, I think, Kyle Pitts. It's like, that's where we're at with it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started on Cole Komet. Um, We're rolling with Taysom this week. I don't care what anyone says, what anyone thinks. We're rolling with Taysom this week instead of Komet, um, especially if Winston misses and Kamara's banged up. We saw it at Wembley, he gets carries. 
Um, you never know what he's going to get around the goal line. So I think we've got to plug Taysom in and just hope for the best. But yeah, I think I think Val wins this with his running backs, but hoping for a close game held in it by by Josh Allen and the boys. Yeah, only other point of note, not really actually relevant to the matchup, but uh, how are you feeling about your boy, Alan Robinson? Well, I mean, oh, there, yeah, I'm glad you brought this up. So he does sit in, in the breakaway league roster and God knows how he's just, he's just you know, sat there, isn't he, doing nothing. But um, the trade at Wembley, um, Franco not happy that, that Dawson took advantage of my vulnerable state and position um, and needing a spot start. I had Kamara... You know, I needed a spot spot start. I thought, A, I'll go and it, it is back up, running back. And, um, you know, B, I like to watch the players live. So I got suckered in by yeah, that on Cousins. Yeah. I got suckered in on that by uh, Irv Smith. But I want a, a player in the game. So I traded Ingram for Robinson, straight up, heads up, after Dawson had just picked him up three minutes earlier. So Dawson was delighted, skipping up to his seat. And, and then Ingram had... A tough game. He was out of the game in the injury tent for a little while, so they had Murray running the ball. So it looked like it didn't work for me, and in fantasy terms, it didn't. But on the side, I bet Dawson twenty pounds that Mark Ingram would outscore Alan Robinson that week, and he made that bet so fast, and he agreed <laughs> to it. And I woke up because they were the late game, weren't they, on the yeah. Monday night game? I woke up to find that I think Robinson had one catch for seven yards, or maybe two catches for seven yards. So yeah. Ingram's. Yeah. 4.5 points dwarfed Robinson's 1.7 and I'm 20 pounds richer. 0.7 in our league because uh, he didn't get a first down with it. So um, his two catches were effectively pointless. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. That's the, the end of the normal content, right? So um, as it's your first time on the podcast, we've got to have a few questions for, for you, mate. So um, what was your highlight of the weekend away? Oh, so many, but it, yeah, I mean, Wembley, Wembley, <laughs> he's the famous Jim Shiner and he's off to Wembley. I mean, you couldn't make it up. Um, it couldn't have happened to anyone else either, could it really? I mean, no. it has to be Shiner. Um, that, that, I've never seen a group of sort of, you know, 10 blokes fall about so hysterically in laughter for so long um, once Dawson got off the phone to find out Shiner had gone to Wembley. Um, but yeah, there was there was loads of other uh, great moments. What I like about Stag Dees and what this one had a lot of is lots of little breakaway moments. You know, you get you find yourself in a little three or a four, and you've got a little funny story that comes back the next morning, yeah. catching up over a beer, and you know, all those. There was plenty of those going on. Um, my personal low light was spending between sixty and seventy pounds and two hours in Ubers between two and four a.m. on Saturday and Sunday morning. So you know. That's something I didn't enjoy so much, but great stag I, and and the Wembley story for me topped it. Yeah, it was an absolute belter. The fact that he still did manage to get across to the Tottenham Stadium was was impressive, and it was still quite early on. Um, the fact that he had to spend sixty five quid doing it in an Uber, so you know, a little a little cherry on the top, shall we say? Um, <clears throat> cool. Moving on to other highlights. What is your fantasy highlight of your fantasy career so far? a bit similar to stag do there's so many um there's so many that spawn then catchphrases and stories that go on but um what i'd pick because you know seems that i guess it's a personal one is is kind of my my almost but not quite prophetic ability so um 
in my first ever season, I proclaimed before anything had even happened that it would be the year of the tight ends. And I, I drafted Jason Witten in round one to much hilarity and stupidity. But what people forget for the, the, you know, the kicker of that story is that I also drafted Rob Gronkowski with the last pick of that draft. And I went on to have a, you know, a really good season riding the back of Gronk. And, and you know, the tight end position back then went from strength <laughs> to strength. So I love that. And in, in a similar vein of, of prophesizing, um, my uh, my call out one summer before a, a draft had even been started, and I, I just thought, right, I'm going after these guys, and I'm going to tell them it's my year, and it's going to be my year, and I almost manifested it into uh, reality. Uh, I think I, got, I was eight and one at one point uh, at the start of the season, and made it to the final, and and lost to some some little bugger <laughs> who's got my number in, in in both finals I've been in, and, and beating me twice, but claiming it was my year before it the draft had even been started and then going on to, to, to get to the final was, uh, was, that was fun. I liked the fun of that and the wind up nature of it. It was, it was really fun. It was, uh, it was so good that you called it stuck to it the whole way through and were completely belligerent about it. And it was, it was so close. You were so close to pulling it off. And I think the rest of the league is delighted that you didn't because it's a better end <laughs> to the story, but it is uh, a better end. Hell, like... I would, I would have been, insufferable <laughs> there was a lot of that this weekend oh yeah no names mentioned switching away from fantasy and into i'll call it real football who is your favorite all-time buccaneer where my guy ej biggers at um <laughs> no seriously <laughs> that's for Ed. um it's been great to be a buck in recent years when you know we've got these veterans on board and we know it's short term it's we you know we brought brady gronk fournette Antonio Brown across and, and we got ourselves a ring right we got ourselves a championship and that's been great fun um I guess you can look at Mike Evans you know again fantasy darling League of Legends darling you know mutineer darling um and I've got the shirt and and he continues to be great but for me it's it's Ronde Barber I think me and Jake went to our first Bucks game back in 2009 and the guy was phenomenal. He goes down as an all-time legend anyway, not just yeah. as a buck, I think, in the NFL. That day, he blocked a punt. Um, he had a, he blocked a punt, I think it was. Yeah, it was a punt and, and, um, and didn't return it for six, but he, he blocked a punt and then picked up a big return. It was instrumental. It was Josh Freeman's first start. They were wearing their throwbacks. They were, like, going into the game 0-6, 0-7 or something like that. Um, and they beat, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers, and, and Rondé Barber was... Is absolutely absolutely instrumental in that, and you know what more can I say about Rondé Barber? <laughs> Nothing more needs to be said. He's an absolute legend, like you said, great player. And moving to modern day Bucks, is Tom Brady done? Brady, I mean, of course he's done. He told us last year he was done, and he's <laughs> he's come back. Um, but you know, would you rather have a done Tom Brady or Marcus Mariota? Baker Mayfield, Dalton Winston, that's what he's competing with. We'll be fine. The Bucks will be fine. Brady will be fine. We'll be playoffs and probably out in the first round. Um, and I'm okay with that. But, you know, of course he's done. But a done a don Tom Brady is probably still a top 12 QB. Yeah, that's a fair point. All the stuff coming out this week about him and Giselle hiring divorce lawyers. It, it, you know, the narrative, I guess, is that because he went back again to football that she's just had enough this time. And, uh, 
yeah that that would be that would be mental um if if that's the choice he's made is like yeah i'm not gonna be married to giselle anymore because i want to play another another season in the nfl i'm sure it's not that simple but that's certainly going to be the narrative that gets played out around this and he's gonna have to hear that all season yeah and and that would be mental because if if that if that is what's happened or there's a sliver of a uh, truth he could at least look a bit happier playing football because he looks really bloody grumpy, doesn't he, at the moment? He does. He does. He looks like it looks gaunt as well. It looks like he's either had some work done or maybe the TB12 diet's gone a little bit too far. But he looks like 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 hollowed out almost. But then yeah. he looks like younger now than he did when he was like 27. Certainly a lot younger than I've ever looked. So yeah, the the plant based diet, eh? It's yeah. uh, it's the fe- future for all of us plus 40 year olds. Yeah, maybe not for me. <laughs> Can't can't really can't really low and slow an aubergine on the uh, barbecue for twelve hours, can you? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, mate, it's been uh, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you this week. I love the amount of uh, preparedness. You, I think you were more prepared than I was th- this week. So, um, been awesome speaking to you, and it was it was absolutely incredible seeing you at the weekend as well. I, we get to see each other um, a little bit more frequently these days than, than we have done over the last five or so years. But um, every every time is is a real joy. I'm looking forward to seeing you at the wedding again. So um, any final comments from you? Um, no, I echo those sentiments. Um, great to see everyone on the, on the stag as well. I think, you know, Baker, let's get it done. Uh, the Borland's connection is, like I said, it's been it's been pretty pain free. Um, it's been a pleasure to work with. There, I said it. Um, <laughs> so let's surprise a few of these bastards because I know they would hate it, hate it if we took the ring home. So let's make it happen. <laughs> All right, mate. Cool. Well, I'll catch you catch you soon, and that'll do it for another episode of the Breakaway Fantasy Football Podcast. See you all next week. Oh.